Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we resume where we were in First Timothy, the fourth chapter. Uh, really a, a very powerful portion of the scripture that speaks to our times today because it mentions the latter times, the last times. And I believe that we are in the latter times. Not in the sense that a lot of people do. You know, that uh, the Lord could return at any given moment. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, what's referred to, man's created a title for that thought. It's called the doctrine of imminency. <clears throat> and that sounds so profound, doesn't it? The idea that the Lord's return is imminent, and at any point in time since he has left, he could have returned. The only problem with that is that's not what the Scripture says. And it's not even close to what the Scripture says. Now, the Scripture is quite clear that there's a number of things that had to occur and must occur before the Lord returns. A lot of them have already occurred. That's the reason I say that I think we're really in the last part of the latter times. But there's still a couple of things that have yet to be occurred, primary among them an apostasy that's going to take place among some group of people and the revealing of the man of lawlessness. Now that can happen in a very quick period of time, and I think they're tied together. You actually see them tied together in, uh, in the, Paul's writings of the church of Thessalonica. And so uh, something's going to occur when this man of lawlessness is revealed that there's going to be people who follow after him rather than following after the Most High God. So I want to start with the first verse again of the fourth chapter of 1 Timothy. And we've covered the first three verses so far, but I want to set the context and then perhaps look at the next two or three verses. First verse says this, But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, at doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branded iron men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth and so we've covered this again but let me just sort of recap it there's going to be a time, and the Spirit has explicitly told Paul this. He says, this isn't just my mind popping up. The Holy Spirit has revealed this to me. That in the last days, there's going to be some who fall away from the faith because of deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. And these deceitful spirits teaching the doctrines of demons will come through hypocritical people. Hypocritical men who are liars. And they're men whose consciences are just seared. They don't even have a conscience, in other words. And these men will do things like forbid marriage or tell you that you have to abstain from certain foods. That was already happening in Paul's time because there were people that were saying, oh, you have to be a Jew first and then you can become a Christian. And if you have to be a Jew first, that means you'd have to adhere to Levitical law. There's people today that say, oh, you can't eat this. Oh, you can't drink that and be a believer. And that's not what the scripture says. As a matter of fact, Paul even sort of doubled down on this thing. Listen to the next verse. Verse 4 says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Now that's profound right there, folks, because he says everything created by God is good and so 
in the context here, he's speaking of marriage. He's speaking of abstaining from food. He's speaking of how man will create these rules and regulations to prove that you're worthy and that you're right, walking the right way. He says, no, no, you don't do that. Everything is good. And so it is to be received with gratitude. I'll give you an example from long ago, far away, okay? Uh, how long? Maybe 30 years ago. And uh, we were in a different state um, at, a, at a large church, and I was the music guy there. And the pastor was telling me a story one day. And he said he'd gone out to a uh, a couple's home. They invited him over to eat. And this couple at that time was probably in their 70s. And they were from uh, another culture. They were from another country. And when they sat down to eat, they had food. And the only thing they had to drink uh, was wine. Well, you know, this was the fine, upstanding Southern Baptist pastor. And he asked me, he says, what would you do if you're in that kind of situation? Would you just choke this down? Would you ask for something different to drink? Which, in this particular case, and culturally speaking, would have been um, perhaps not offensive, but likely offensive. In other words, I don't want to drink what you've served me. And I said, uh, well, you drink what's set before you. The scripture says, eat what is set before you. Receive with gratitude what's set before you. And he said, well, that's exactly what I did. And I said, well, that's what you do. Yeah. Because what it says right here, it is sanctified. In other words, I bet you that's that word hagios that means holy. Let me see. I'm reading the scripture right here. Yeah, it's a form of that. It is made holy. It is consecrated by means of the word of God and prayer. God created it. And some people say, well, did God create wine? Did God create alcohol? Did God create beer? I've heard of arguments from all sides that, you know, uh, you can you can actually argue a lot of these things that is a, um, uh, a result of the rebellion of man. Because what makes those things alcoholic, what breaks down the sugars and stuff, are is actually the process of death. <laughs> okay? It's actually the process of death, which we didn't have until Adam and Eve rebelled against God, right? So you can argue both sides, all this kind of stuff. Here's what the bottom line is. The bottom line is God's created everything, and it is good. We are not to abuse the creation of God, okay? In the same way that you're not to abuse relationships, you're not to abuse sex, you're not to abuse food. That's gluttony. You're not to abuse drink, okay? If it's an alcoholic drink, that would be uh, drunkenness. You're not to do that. He says everything is to be uh, is created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with gratitude. Now it doesn't mean that you don't walk in wisdom. Okay, you walk in wisdom. If you know that a major area of temptation in your life is cheesecake, then you don't need to keep whole cheesecakes in the house. You don't. If you know that you can't take one bite of a cheesecake without eating the whole cheesecake and bringing forth a detrimental physical ramifications of that then don't take the bite i have no problem with that there's people who cannot eat certain things okay for instance the thing that's popped up in recent years is the whole gluten-free thing which uh, is sort of interesting because you know like man has lived on gluten for thousands of years wheat and all this kind of stuff why is this all of a sudden happening uh, I don't fault the people that have uh, sensitivity to it. I think it has to do with the genetically modified type of wheat that we have now. In other words, it's not really pure whole, whole organic wheat. It has been changed, and it's having physiological effects in people. Well, they know they can't eat that. That's fine. Don't eat it. If you know that you can't have one sip of wine without getting drunk, then don't do it. That's fine. Okay. That The Scripture tells us to make sure that we um, do things like that. 
that we be aware of the strategies of the evil one. What he's saying right here, though, is that by the means of the word of God in prayer, by speaking over that, that's what we're really doing when we're blessing the food. We're doing a twofold thing. We're giving thanks to the Lord for the provision. Okay? Thanks to the Lord for that. He's given us food. But then we're also saying, Lord, protect us. I do this when we go out to eat. I do this when we eat in the house. Lord, protect us. You know, if there's anything in this food, I don't say it necessarily overtly like this, but that's what I'm thinking. Protect me from anything here that might cause harm in a physical sense. I'll close with this. Uh, I can't remember, what's the guy's name that uh, carries the cross all over the world? He was the original guy. Uh, he actually came to our church one day, totally unexpected. And he told the story about how he was somewhere in a foreign country, and they just really need water and didn't have water. The only thing they had was like a puddle there that had creatures crawling around in it. And he said, we just cupped our hands and we said, Lord, protect us, watch over us as we drink what you've provided for us. They never had any problem. No intestinal problems, no viruses, no bugs, no anything. No matter where he went, that's what he did. And that's the mindset. So just remember this, that everything God has created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. It's a great, great principle right here. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.